because it's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. The concept that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. fought for is that every single human life matters. All of life was created equally. The second reason is that um, churches all over the nation are also pausing today to acknowledge the sanctity of human life and the inherent value of every human because they were created uniquely by God. The scripture tells us in Psalm 139 that we were knit together in the mother's womb, that God knew us before we were born and that we were created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27. And it is because we bear His image, every single human life has value and dignity, no matter how helpless that life appears. There's a lot as Christians that we can disagree on, but Scripture does not leave room for personal opinion on, or preference on the issue of abortion. We care as this church at Northwest because God cares. We care for the orphans and the widows. We battle things like human trafficking and slavery. We deplore racism and we care for the unwed mother. It is also why we oppose the killing of children and the culture of silence and acceptance that just allows that to happen. We help those who cannot help themselves. I just want to say, as we're talking about this at this time and this weekend and the Sanctity of Life weekend, for you young mothers considering having abortion maybe here today, we ask that you would trust in God and His faithfulness as we just sung about. You are not alone. God is with you and we want to be here with you as well as a church. There are a lot of resources that we can connect you with in your bulletin are some resources. Our staff actually went to the Hope Pregnancy Center this week just talking to the ladies and talking about what they do and how they do the ministry that they do and coming alongside of, of, of mothers of, that maybe have unplanned pregnancies and walking them through that process. Also, no doubt of the congregation this size, there's no doubt women here or men here who feel the guilt of having an abortion. And i just like to say that our God is gracious and He forgives our sin. We all, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. We sat and talked to one of the leaders of the Hope Pregnancy Center and she gave testimony of how she had had an abortion at one time. And there's grace and forgiveness to be found in Christ. We no longer walk in the guilt of shame of the past, but we walk in the light of the gospel and the grace that is found in Jesus Christ who has made us new creation. So before our time of offering, I want to spend some time in prayer as we acknowledge God's creation, His life. Father, we do thank You that You have created us, that you have knit us together in our, in, in our mother's womb, and that you have a purpose and a plan for us, that we are created in your image to glorify 
your name. And Father, we ask that this morning we would, Father, we ask for your forgiveness as a people, as a nation. Father, we ask for your for your healing touch on many lives and people. And we ask, Father, that we would be a church that proclaims your grace and your faithfulness, your love, your steadfast love to us. Father, we, we thank you for this weekend as we reflect upon these issues that we walk through in daily life. And we ask that you would give us wisdom and peace guidance. And Father, just give us more time in prayer for your people. We ask that this time as we come before you as a congregation that we would be fully submitted to you and your work and obedience to what you've called us to do. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in our series called Treasuring God, and um, if you weren't with us last week, we're talking about the principles of giving in Scripture. Last week, we talked about proclaiming the gospel through our giving. If you weren't here, you can look online. Our website has the sermon. I I, um, ask you to hear that if you weren't here this week, because um, we, we gave some essential elements of growing in our faith in Christ through giving. Um, it ought to be, be bring about joy in our life, our giving, because Christ has given us his life upon the cross. And our natural response is to give to this great God who loves us and cares for us. So we give joyfully and graciously, not under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver, making sure our heart is right when we give. And in actuality, I didn't have this this sermon in my um, schedule. And um, the Lord kind of put on my heart this sermon this morning, this week, through spending time in prayer and talking um, and thinking through some of the sanctity of life things that we've already talked about. And um, I think He wanted me to share this with you this morning. And uh, so we're going to go to Genesis chapter 4 and talking about a story that you guys know about, the first family, Cain and Abel. And uh, from the beginning, God is showing that our heart is important. And uh, I think that we need to understand that our heart is the wellspring of life and that we must guard it. And we must guard our children's hearts. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis uh, chapter 4, the beginning of your Bible. It's on page 3 in the Pew Bible in front of you. We're going to look at this story together. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. If you stand in honor of reading God's Word, this is guarding your heart. Genesis chapter 4. Verse 1, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering he had no regard. 
So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to his brother Abel, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. I Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wander on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from the face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive, a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken to him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. You may be seated. Let us pray. Father, we ask that your word would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would breathe life into our souls and understanding your principles of, of first fruits giving. And Lord, help us to understand that our heart is the wellspring of life and that we must guard our hearts, Father, so that we can yearn after the things that you yearn after and seek after the things that you seek after. Father, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, one of the most important things that we can do for our children is to guard their heart before they are old enough to guard it themselves. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. One of the things that we see in this story and one of the things that we can learn how to guard our own hearts is the principle of first fruits. My daughter loves to play store for Christmas. We bought her a, a play store. It took me about three and three days to set it up. No, I had to do it all night. We were up till like 2.30 in the morning, setting it up, drilling it, putting it together. But it's this little store, and she gets in the middle, and she has her little cash register. And, and you go to her store, and you buy uh, plastic fruit, or you buy her Shopkins or her stuffed animals, whatever she's selling that day. Maybe it's a cardboard pizza. We don't know what's going to be sold, but you go to the store and she sells it to you. When she was little, she used to play store and I'd go and buy something and she'd give me cash back. I said, you're a very generous storekeeper, aren't you? <laughs> But we had to teach her what it meant to buy and sell, like you buy and you pay money to get something back. We had to teach her this because she set up a real store last summer. It was a lemonade stand. And she had to, uh, we, we were 
kind of grinchy because we had to take the 15 cents from our neighbors, right? And so we, we had to say, no, no, Avery, you've got to take the money, not just give money out when people come by for lemonade. So we began to teach her this principle of first fruits. Whatever you get, even if it's a small portion, we give a portion of that back to God, our first and our best, reminding us that God has graciously blessed us. And thus we are actually guarding our own hearts because we are reminded of God's goodness and love and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. And as a result, it's a type of thanksgiving unto God. This God who has provided for our needs. It's a way to remind us of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. In a way, we're guarding our hearts in thankfulness to God through giving of first fruits. You see, unfortunately, Cain's heart led to wickedness and ultimately the taking of an innocent life. But I believe here at the beginning of this passage through the offerings that they bring before the Lord, the response of our actions actually come from our hearts a heart of thanksgiving unto God through faith produces good fruit. May we treasure our God so much that we desire to give Him our best and our first, and thus guarding our hearts for Him. We, can, we, we recall the story of Adam and Eve, the fall of mankind, where they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and disobeyed God's commands. And after they are banished from the garden, there are consequences for their sin. The world has now become broken. There is pain, suffering. The relationships are not right. And now death and their experience, let me tell you, of their first experience with death will be of their son they illustrate the condition of the heart the first family sees its consequences up close and personal let's read verse 1 again now Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain saying I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord and again she bore his brother Abel now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel in his offering, but for Cain in his offering, he had no regard. This is our first point this morning in this section of the story. It is that God desires our first fruits. God desires our first and our best. Adam got to know his wife. In the Hebrew, no, you can, you can look that up, but out popped a baby, right? And there are some believe, that believe that actually Eve thinks that Cain is the promised one who is to come from the seed of the woman to be the Messiah. 
promised in Genesis 3.15 that he would crush the head of the serpent or Satan. The, the naming of the two sons can actually, you can actually um, lead you to this conclusion as Cain means valued possession and Abel literally means breath or brevity or nothingness. They have two different professions. One is a keeper of sheep, a shepherd who is Abel, and one works the ground who is Cain. He's, he's a planter. He likes the vegetation. In verse 3, we see in the course of time, Cain brought the offering to the Lord, an offering of the fruit of the ground. You think to yourself, well, this is great. Cain is bringing an offering to God. He's, he's, he's growing up plants, producing fruit, and then bringing them to the Lord. You think to yourself, this is great. He's giving. And then verse 4, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. He brings the first. And he brings the best. And then something happens here in the story. It kind of throws us for a loop at the second part. We both bring their offerings unto God, and the Lord had regard or looked upon Abel's offering, but he had no regard for Cain's offering. Why did the Lord have regard for Abel's offering and not for Cain's? Hebrews 11.4, the author of Hebrews speaks into it from the New Testament perspective. He says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Now, what was Abel's faith based upon? I believe that Abel's faith was based upon the fact that after giving his first and his best, that God would continue to be faithful in his life and give him more. He had a few at the beginning of his flock come out, and he could have said, oh, I'm going to set these aside for myself and if I have more, then I will give those to God. Well, he's not promised more flock. And yet he gives his first and his best. Did Abel know that he was going to get more? No, he didn't. He had to trust that the Lord would provide. 2 Corinthians 9.10, which we were in last week, 2 Corinthians 9 says this, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Trusting God's faithfulness through first fruits giving. Now we also understand that Abel's sacrifice, as it was a blood sacrifice, is a picture of Christ and his sacrifice upon the cross, his blood that was shed for us. The first and the best, God's one and only whom he gave freely. 
John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. Think about that. God gave his first and his best for you. Abraham, a man of faith, credited to him as righteousness. And where was his faith based upon? His faith was based upon him offering up his son on the altar, trusting in God and giving his first and his best. Let me ask you this question. Do you trust God with your first and your best? 2 Corinthians 9, 8, we, we studied last week, but we didn't really get time to get to it. But And God is able to make all the grace abound in you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is sufficient to give us what we need to give. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will be bursting with wine. Not just your wealth. Not just your produce. As we've seen with Abraham. We've seen throughout the Scripture. But how about your life? You know, I... I might be crazy, but one of the the things that I I told my wife and we talked about this together when we were married is one year after marriage, um, we gave up everything, our jobs, our house, all of those things, and we went to the mission field. And we talked about it being a first fruit of our marriage, going to the field, going to the mission field, going to Thailand, People thought we were crazy to leave a foreign country, leaving our jobs for God's plan for the nations. And God has blessed tremendously, not only our finances, but also our life. I'm 34 years old, and I'm a a pastor of a very great congregation here. God has blessed us tremendously. Parents, do you entrust your children if God calls them to go to the ends of the earth. So why was it that that God did not have regard for Cain's offering? Was it because he just gave some of his his fruits of the grain, which he grew? Was it because it was out of his excess that he gave? Scripture tells us in Amos chapter 5.21, one of actually Martin Luther King's famous sermons, that God despises our offerings and our worship if it is done with a corrupt or a wrong heart. It says there in Amos 5.21, I hate, I despise your feasts, this is God speaking, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And peace offerings of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melodies of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like ever-flowing streams. God God would not accept the offerings of Israel because their hearts were far from Him. They were corrupted by their own desires. We should not be like Cain, who was the evil one and murdered 
his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. First John 3, 12, as John writes back into Cain and Abel's story. Cain presented before God an offering in which the Lord had no regard. Maybe Cain was prideful because he was the firstborn. Maybe he was just going through the motions because that's what he was supposed to do. Maybe he gave from his leftovers. It simply tells us that he gave and he had no regard. His face falls. He becomes sad. Look at, look at verse 5 with me at the end of verse 5. So, but Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master over it. And in some way, Cain had not offered an offering that was pleasing unto God. He, he did not do well. His heart was not right. This is our second point here. Sin is crouching at the door. And you can even add there, sin is crouching at the door of your heart. That God was asking Cain to change his heart. He was calling him to repentance and faith, and Cain's response was jealousy and anger. Sin is crouching at your door, church. It's there. A heart of thanksgiving unto God can actually be a guardian for your heart. The Lord says to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Abel's sacrifice was his first, his best. A heart of thanksgiving unto God. We see in Scripture that giving produces contentment. Many have said that the secret to life, to a happy life, is not having all you want, but wanting what you have. Paul says it this way in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. The greatest gain is contentment. So giving produces contentment. Giving increases your love for the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.21, Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We think that uh, this verse is telling us that if we um, have a heart for God, then we will give. It's actually the opposite in the Greek. If you give, your heart will be there. If you have a, a, a college student and you pay $100,000 for them to go to some great university, you're going to have a heart for that university. You just gave $100,000 to it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Giving produces contentment. Giving increases your love for the kingdom of God. Giving clarifies your purpose. Why do you exist? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Number four, giving produces a more loving heart. Giving produces contentment. Giving increases your love for the kingdom. Giving clarifies your purpose. Giving also produces a more loving heart. Stinginess shrinks your heart. It brings isolation. Giving opens you up. And an open heart is a much happier heart. 
You see, Cain's heart was exposed in his giving. God called him to repentance. If you do not do well, will you not be accepted? And he rejected God's plea in his life and thus led him down a path of destruction. You see, none of us are above God's call to repent and turn from our own wicked ways and turn to God's plan for salvation, who is Christ. You never, you see, we can never offer enough to God on our own. It is only through the grace of God and the gift of God, which is Christ, that God can be pleased with us. It is only through faith in the cross in which we can turn and trust God. We can give a, in which He gives us a new heart, one that yearns for God and desires to give Him our first and our best, just as Abel did. That is faith upon Christ making him the king of your heart. Sin is like a tiger crouching at the door. Opening that door just slightly gives the enemy a foothold in your life. Cain opened the door of his heart to wickedness and sin, and it was right there to pounce. Guard your heart. Many of you in the audience, the Lord may be speaking to you. Maybe because you're dabbling in something that is not pleasing unto the Lord. And you may be opening a door to your heart to a path that you do not want to go down. And God is speaking to you to repent, to make Jesus the king of your life, to trust and place your faith in him alone. So let's continue in the story here. Verse 8, Cain spoke to his brother Abel, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. I think this is our third point this morning, and it's this. God desires life, not death, for His image bearers. God desires life and not death for His image bearers. That's why He sent His Son, Christ, so He could die so that we might live. The Lord asked the question, that he did in the garden to Cain's parents. Where are you? He asked it, where is Abel? And his response, Abel's response is, is quite chilling and reading loud and true in our world today. Am I my brother's keeper? What responsibility do I have? My soul hurts for the unborn in the mother's womb. My soul hurts for the young girl who's caught up in sexual Trade, sex trade, trafficking. My soul hurts for the teenager who thinking of committing suicide. Just as Abel's life matters to God, all of these lives matter to him. The voices of their blood cries from the ground up to God. Why is that? 
because they are created in the image of God. They are created for a specific purpose, and that purpose is to reflect God's glory. You see, Cain's treatment of his brother is directly related to his relationship with God. Guess what? When our relationship with God is not right, our relationship with people is not right. Cain has consequences to his sin. He asks the Lord for grace and the Lord grants him some some grace. But at the end of this section, probably we see one of the most, probably the saddest verse in the Bible, if not one of the saddest verses in the Bible, verse 16. It says, Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. He departed from the presence of God. We began this year in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, desire to be in the presence of God, desire to go into the presence of God to seek my face, turn from my wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Instead of seeking the presence of God, Cain left the presence of God. Guard our hearts. Guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. Everything else flows from that. So yes, the principle of first fruits is is a way to guard your heart. As you see in Abel, may we be a church that gives because of our heart that we treasure this God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. As Kyle comes to play, Father, if there's anyone among us that, that you are calling to yourself to repent and turn from their wicked ways, to close the door and open it to Christ, Because we know that sin is crouching at our door. Its desire is for us. And yet, Father, you have given us a life. You have given us the the way to break the chains and the bondage of sin. And that is only through Christ. So if there's anyone here this morning, may they come forward and say, I need salvation. I need to trust in Christ. I need him to be the king of my life. Would they do that this morning? And Father, there's many in here who have trusted Christ with salvation. And Father, they, 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 are, they have had their hearts hardened or opened the door for, for the enemy to enter in. And we pray, Father, that you, that you would restore their hearts. That you would give them new hearts, one with, that worships you in joy and in truth and expectation of what you're going to do in our lives. Just as Chris talked about this morning, Father, bring people to us that we can share the gospel, the good news of Christ. That we expect you to work 
in a mighty, mighty way. And Father, when we offer up our first fruits, we know that, and we trust that you are faithful and that you are good. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray.